Good morning, New Life Manitou. I would love it if you guys could stand with me while I uh, read the scripture. My name is Jesse Mavis. Good to have you here. And uh, I'm going to read out of the book of John, chapter 4, verses 21 through 24. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you, all, when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are, ki- they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks, God in spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Would you remain standing as we pray? Father, we ask that we might be these worshipers that you are seeking, the ones who worship in spirit and in truth. That is our prayer this morning. We pray this in your name. And the congregation shouted, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So so we're in this series called Grow, Grow, which is about how we will grow in Christ and in God and God's ways. And last week I gave you what I thought would be a great analogy about plants. I said it's easy to take care of plants. All they need is certain conditions. And you all looked at me like, I was crazy. You were like, he's got broccoli coming out of his ears. Plants are the hardest thing in the world. And I said, who likes plants? And nobody raised their hand. And and yet I just continued on with the analogy. So I have a better one, I think. How many of you can ride a bike? But raise your hands. Okay, thank you. So I'm teaching Rowan, who's three, how to, how to ride a bike. He's got training wheels now. We've practiced a couple times without training wheels. Jay, who just turned six uh, a couple days ago, he got a new bike. Which, it's got the mountain bike uh, brakes on the handles and the gears and stuff. And so he's learning how to ride that. And so I keep promising them. I keep telling them, if you just practice, if you just keep on practicing, keep on getting on your bike, spending time on your bike, and they're all padded up, the helmet, the, the elbow pads, the knee pads, the gloves, the sturdy shoes, and so they fall over a lot, but I I keep promising them, if you do this, if you spend time riding the bike, it will get easy, and you will learn how to ride a bike. The same is true with this Grow series. We are talking about the Christian disciplines. If you engage in the Christian disciplines, if you try them out, if you practice them, you will grow towards God and in God, in the ways of God. That's how it works. So in this series, we started off a couple weeks ago, we listed all the spiritual disciplines and we said prayer, meditation, spending time alone, spending time in community, uh, fasting. We we listed them all and said, these are the things we're going to talk about in the next coming weeks. Try them out. And I said, please try them out. If you've never done this, if you've never spent time in, in solitude, if you've never sat down and read the scriptures as a prayer, well then do that. Try them out because these are the ways we will grow. And then the next week, uh, if you're looking back, we talked about gathering as a community. We said, if we gather, we will grow. And then my friend Joe Couch, hopefully he's your friend now too, spoke here and he shared about relationships and growing in relationships as a way to get closer to God. And then last week we talked about, anybody remember? 
Serving, yes. So we talked about how we can serve. And I said we should serve in life. And there's opportunities at the church to serve. And some of you said, what are the opportunities at church? I was really talking about generally serving as, as, as we as Christians live our lives. We should serve. But some of you are like, so, so what, what's an opportunity around church? This is a small congregation. There must be opportunities. So I got to share with a couple of you the opportunity to serve. And one of the greatest opportunities is what's happening downstairs right now. They're being quiet, but our kids are down there. Usually there's something like 20 people down there. It's probably 100 here. So like uh, a 20th of our congregation is downstairs. And it is not just childcare. It is not babysitting. It is a children's ministry. There's a lesson and then they do some sort of craft thing that applies to that lesson. And an opportunity to serve is downstairs. So if you're at all interested, I thought by way of reminder, if you want to serve, we need people who can be teachers. We need people that just want to do, do, we call it godly play with the toddlers. And if you're a, a dude, if you're a man, that might not appeal to you. But we need men too, to just to be a presence kind of for safety. And so whenever you mention safety, most of the men, usually it works something like this, like with your own life, you're like, well, safety third, let's have some fun. But then with other people, especially kids, you're like, well, the kids got to be safe. We got to make sure there's safety. So we need especially men just to be downstairs to kind of be that gap and to make sure the kids are safe, to make sure kids just don't escape would be nice. So if you're interested in serving, that was last week's topic, uh, visit us in the back and we'll give you information about how to serve. But anyways, today we are talking about worship. Worship, new life worship. And so I hope to add to the conversation today the thing that I think us as a church, New Life Church, is really known for. I hope to add to that, remind us of something, and maybe for some of us, say something new that maybe you've never thought about. And I had an image of, of something that I wanted to say that for some of you, this might be like um, being at a pool. Uh, anybody ever go to a pool? <laughs> Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, so you're at a pool, and especially as a kid or as a young adult, uh, you, you love the pool, and you see people playing in the pool, and then as you get a little older, you're like, well, I'm just going to sit on the sidelines, and I'm going to sit in the shade, and people are like, come on in, come into the pool, and you're like, no, I don't want to go in the pool, because then i got to shower, and then i got to redo uh, hair or whatever, and I don't want to, I don't, some of you are thinking, I, I don't want to take off any more clothes and, and reveal anything more, like, it's just not what I want to do right now. But everybody's like, come on in, come in the pool. They're having the time of their life. They're loving it. And so something in you is just like, okay, I'm going to go get my suit. So you go get your suit on and you go in the pool and you join them. And then you have the time of your life. You jump into the pool and do a big cannonball and you enter into this other world. You open your eyes under the pool and it's just like, wow, this is awesome. This is cool. I'm so glad I jumped in the pool. And so today, this morning, as, as we talk about worshiping God, I pray that that image, that analogy would be true for some of you for the first time. Maybe you would say, oh, I've just kind of been on the sidelines. I've been in the shade and I'm kind of watching people jump in the pool. But today I want to engage at least on a new level or some other level. I want to worship the Lord and, and engage in this, the pool of God's presence. So let's talk about worship. What is worship? What is it? What comes to mind? Singing? Yes. What else? Praising God, serving, serving dancing, praying, all, 
living a life. It's this huge thing that we often, I think unfortunately, the Christianese that we speak is that we boil down all of worship to just singing. Like the portion in, in the service where we sing, that's worship. Everything else is something else. But that, of course, is not true. That's just kind of the way, that's the vocabulary we use to talk about it. Worship is this, the definition. Here's some synonyms. Synonyms? Synonyms. To rever, revere, man, I need to learn how to talk again. To, re, to be reverent, to, to venerate, to pay homage, to honor, to adore, to praise, to pray to, to glorify, to exalt. It comes from a Middle English word, worship with an E at the end, and it, it has something to do with worthy, like worthy worship, similar roots, and it, it means to respect or to pay reverence to. And at New Life Church, we hold worship to be very, very important. It's one of our three core values, our strategy by which we are engaging uh, the church and the world and what we're doing. We talk a lot about these three words. I mentioned them last week. It's worship, connect, serve. Worship, connect, serve. And so it begins with worship. We gather together and we worship. And when we started New Life Manitou, I guess technically we, we started as a weekly congregation just five months ago. Uh, we said, if we gather together and we worship the Lord, that is doing something awesome. When we just gather and when we sing praises and when we worship the Lord, he is magnified and that changes us. It changes the world. It changes Manitou. And I think in New Life Church, we are, we are known, uh, 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 I think I've gone to other countries and said, oh, you're from New Life. That, that church, you're known for worship and you put out CDs. Yes, we sure do. And I think what has sustained us as a church uh, for many, many years, if, if, if you're not familiar with Manitou, we're, we're a branch of uh, a bigger congregation in New Life uh, North is our congregation in Colorado Springs. Um, and, and it is what has sustained us for years and years, I think through the highs of New Life Church years ago when we were doubling and growing and, and making national news in 2020 did a thing on New Life Church of this great awesome church in Colorado Springs and, and through the highest of highs I think about I was the college pastor for years and years and we would see a thousand or more college students on a Friday night and we were leading them and, and, and they're just doing new things and wow we would worship the Lord through these great times and then some tragedies happened at our church in our church uh, that they made the news in a bad way. There was a scandal of our uh, f uh, founding pastor and then a shooting at our church just about a year later. And those things weren't just bad. They weren't just, they were, they were horrible things that, that we went through as a church. And what did we do? Well, we worshiped the Lord through that. It is what sustained us a as a church and what brought us together as we focused on the Lord. And so I do want to say that the first thing that was said, I think maybe C Cindy yelled it out when I said, what is worship? So someone said singing. And that is a huge part of what we do when we worship the Lord, singing. And so I don't, I don't want to uh, disqualify that. I want to say that singing is a very important part. It's, it's part of what we do as a church, and it's not just singing. And I think we all know that in our head, but oftentimes it's just, oh, worship is just the singing part. It's like, no, worship is when we worship the Lord, give him our full honor and praise, and sometimes that is through the singing. I remember coming to that conclusion in high school um, years ago. Uh, I went to a, a youth group. It was called 
Destiny, which was a pretty cool name. And it was on Wednesday nights. And we would get together and we'd play a game. And it was silly. And there was usually some sort of thing like girls against the boys. And so everybody loved it. And we did, we did that for 10 minutes. And then we started singing songs. And we would sing silly songs at first. Uh, there was this song that we sang. I think we sang it like every week. Uh, maybe there wasn't better songs at the time. I don't know. But it was, uh, I like bananas. I like my mangoes so sweet. I like papayas. Papayas, but nothing could beat the sweet love of God. Is that the lyrics? And we'd sing that, and I would, I would just kind of be like, this is so stupid, and it, it is just silly. And then we'd get into more uh, somber, reverent songs, but still, I, I, in my head, I was just like, this part of the service, this singing of songs, is just for people that like singing songs. And I don't really like singing songs, so I was just kind of in the back doing, you know, doing either nothing, or I always had, uh, I, I had to work really hard for good grades. I got A's and mostly B's, but I, I, it didn't come easy to me. I had to work really hard, so I would always have like vocabulary lists. Uh, I was taking like science classes. I had science words. Or I, was, I, I took German in high school. In fact, I lived in Germany, but I still can't uh, speak German, so that's really sad for me. Um, but I would, I would, uh, in, in worship, people are singing praises to the Lord, and I would be back there studying vocabulary. And I think my youth pastor saw me just not engaged, and he asked me, so what are you doing during the, the songs, during worship? And I said, well, I'm studying vocabulary because there's, there's usually tests on Thursdays. And he said, why, why are you doing Just kind of ask some questions. Why are you doing that? Do you, do you not realize that this isn't just songs that we're singing? This is worship. And I thought, huh, I've never, I guess I've never thought about that. I thought they were just songs for people that like songs. And it was a very important revelation in my life, thinking about the importance of music and song and realizing that what we're doing when we sing these songs in church is not just singing songs. We are using the music and the time and the movement and the, to worship the Lord. Martin Luther says this, uh, the great reformist of the 1500s. Martin Luther said, says this, Thus it is not without reason that the fathers, he's talking about the church fathers, that the fathers, the prophets, wanting, wanted nothing else to be associated as closely with the word of God as music. Therefore, we have, therefore, that's why we have so many hymns and psalms where message and music join together to move the listener's soul. Music. We, we, we worship the Lord in music. It's, today's a, a sermon as a reminder of that. I think sometimes we all at times just think, oh, this, these are songs that we sing, but the direction should be to the Lord. This, the next point of, uh, of this sermon is the direction of worship. And what I mean by that is that when we come to church, we, we get something out of it, and we also give something. Uh, our old some of you might remember our high school youth group at New Life Church was called TAG. Anybody remember TAG? Anybody go to TAG? Okay, I see lots of hands. And, and, and people often thought that TAG uh, stood for, they didn't know what it stood for, or they just thought, oh, it's a cool name, like TAG, you're it. But it stood for Take and give. And then, so we, we tried to say this to our young adults uh, and our high schoolers. Like church is all about receiving and receiving from the Lord. Take it's, the Church is about coming and, and, and growing ourselves. But then it is also about giving. And, and the direction of worship is to the Lord. We are giving of ourselves when we worship the Lord. And I always find it interesting, and, and we're all guilty of this, including myself, uh, of visiting churches or coming to church or, or on a Sunday and thinking, 
oh, well, you know, I wish they would do this song and not that song. I really like this song. I wish they would sing this new song. Or I visited a church and they were doing this brand new thing during worship. I wish we would do that. And we kind of make it about us and our own likes and our own preferences when the direction of worship should be all about God. I think about uh, the postures of worship. When we are engaged, when we are worshiping the Lord, since the direction is to him, our postures shouldn't be like this, like gimme, 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 gimme. Our postures, when we look throughout scripture and the New Testament and the Old Testament, when we see people worshiping, they're often bowing down. They're often saying praises or singing praises. Praises. They're often face down. They, they, the Lord appears and people just get down on the ground face down. In the Old Testament especially, people would build an altar. It says they went to go worship the Lord and they spent time building an altar and then praying at that altar. And then oftentimes at that altar they would give something. So we, we even in this service, we, we, we did an offering. Well, why do we do that? To, just to take your money, you know, like what's, people come to see churches like, well, you know, what is this place really all about? What's going on? Well, that is actually, when we give, it is a part of our worship. We come and we give God our all, and it is a part of how we, with our lives, worship the Lord. We, we other postures of worship is maybe you saw some people lifting their hands and praise. That's throughout scripture. Uh, so throughout the Psalms, lift your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. That's Psalm 134. And so people will lift their hands. And I think about the direction of worship being to the Lord. And I think about certain people uh, like Jamie who led us in worship. Like I, I just know her. I know her husband, Justin. They are all about the Lord. Like like they, they don't get embarrassed often. They, they're just people who seek the Lord. I think of Susan, wherever she is. There she is. I think of her like the people that just, they, they really don't care what others think. Their direction is to the Lord. I think about my wife, Erica, like leading uh, our, our women's thing this last couple weeks. It's called Story and songs, had women over to our house, and she had people share their story. Lorelai shared her story. It's like, here's people just sharing what the Lord is doing, and they really, you look at it, and you're like, wow, these people really don't care about, you know, other people thinking about them, because they are so in tune with their direction is to the Lord, and seeking the Lord fully, and, and if people are just kind of looking on, seeing, saying, wow, this is, this is beautiful, this is awesome, these, these people really don't care what other people say about them. This last point is this. It gets back to our passage that we read in John chapter 4. The, the last point is this, to worship in spirit and truth. To worship in spirit and truth. If you read John chapter 4, which I encourage you to do, it's, it's one of these chapters that stands out in the Bible as just being this wonderful, beautiful story. Jesus is in Samaria. He goes to the city of Sychar, and he's in the middle of the day, and there's so much we could talk. We could spend a whole sermon series just on John chapter 4, but he goes in the middle of the day, which is not the, the best time to be out in the middle of nowhere at a well getting water at the heat of the day, and he finds this woman. And he begins a conversation with her, which Jesus, we see him breaking down the walls of, of male and female. He's just talking to a woman. That would have been unusual in that world uh, because women were seen in that world as less than. And he was talking to a Samaritan woman at that. And Samaritans were seen as less than in that time of the Jews and the Gentiles. There was religious things and p political things and some racism there. But Jesus talks to this Samaritan woman. And the gist of their conversation 
is that you Samaritans, you, you, you worship on the mountain and, and we worship in the temple, but a time is coming. And I think Jesus is talking about himself coming to earth and, and, and he's saying when the true worshipers will know the Father and they will be able to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And that is the type of worshiper the Father is seeking because God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. So there's certainly, by, by saying that, there, the other, the opposite is also true. We can worship and it, for it to be not right. It could not be in spirit and in truth. And I think about there's lots of ways to worship incorrectly. I think uh, in, our, in our day and age, there's this tendency that maybe we all have, maybe we're all guilty of it, of, of uh, not being reverent to the Lord, kind of this, an attitude of Jesus is my homeboy and uh, Jesus is like my Santa Claus that gives me anything that I want and we lose this reverence before the Lord. But the very definition of worship is to revere, to, to worship, to, to adore the Lord. I think of other things like uh, heretically worshiping the Lord and, and having this, this mistheology, this poor theology as a part of the God you're worshiping. Jesus says, no, you're going to worship the Lord. To worship him correctly is in spirit and in truth. To know him fully, to know who he truly is. I think of other things like superstitiously worshiping or engaging in some activity that you think is worship because of, of what you might get out of it as, as far as superstition goes. I think of some silly examples of people, um, I guess in a, in a loose sense of the word, worshiping something that isn't even spiritual, worshiping something that is definitely not the Lord. I think of, uh, so this is, take it for what it is as an example, but I think back to uh, the, the late 2000s when uh, all these Apple, brand new Apple products were coming out. Anybody like Apple products? Still, okay, back in the early, late 2000s, it was people going nuts when the Apple 3G came out in 2008. People went absolutely nuts. It was like the, re, the new iPhone, and it's going to be better than ever. We've done all this stuff, and people waited in line for weeks, if not days, to get this device. It's like talking about like adoring something, talking about like singing the praises of this new thing. And I'm not saying that that was worship, but it was along that direction. I think of uh, people in our day and age, this new word, seemingly new word, at least the last five years, the word selfie and taking pictures of ourself. Anybody guilty of this? <laughs> Come on. Taking pictures of ourselves and then posting it. And it's like, we, we love ourselves. That's just a part of, we're self-seeking. That, that's the way that's happened since the fall of humanity. That's who we are as humans. It's part of our selfish nature. We take pictures of ourselves and we post them so that people can adore and praise us. And is that worship? I don't think so. But maybe it's along those lines as being like a false way of worshiping. Or I even thought about uh, like uh, teeny boppers at like uh, a One Direction or a Justin Bieber concert and just screaming and praising this singer or in the 60s Beatle mania I've seen uh, black and white videos of girls like seeing the Beatles and like literally passing out like I oh, looked at me uh, and then just like like what in the world but that's a form of uh, not worship in a way but but maybe like praising something and being so filled with this thing that it consumes you. And, and, and we would say here at, at New Life Manitou, 
uh, and, and the Bible clearly says that that sort of worship should be reserved for the Lord, for the one who has made us, for the one who has created us. And our direction to the Lord when we worship should be all about him. It's the Lord. We lift him high. Let me conclude with this story of kind of if, if our direction is to the Lord and we're all, it's all about him, when we're doing that, we... By, I, I guess, just kind of like the, the, by doing that, we get something out of it. We will grow when we worship the Lord. That's not why we do it, but when we worship, we grow before the Lord. And um, so let me share with this, this story. So I was the college, uh, one of the college pastors back in the day. I'm thinking this was 2005 when we decided to do this. And the mill was just, it was just going great. We had thousands of people on a Friday night, thousand plus people on a Friday night. Uh, in 2004, I see four, five, six, we sent people, to, we sent over 100 people to China. Then 2008, we sent two, over 200 people to Africa for, for a mission. I mean, it was like we were booming. Everything was going great. And in 2005, we thought, let's do another event. Let's add another event and for people to get engaged. And we had this great idea, at least what we thought was a great idea. It was fun to plan. We said, let's do a road trip. Let's get these buses and people have to pay a little bit to get on the bus and let's do a mystery road trip where no one knows where they're going <laughs> in our heads it was like this is awesome because we knew where we were going and we were like let's plan this out and it's going to be a big mystery no one knows where we're going to go and so we did this trip and we thought hundreds of people we, we were expecting like 300 people and we had all these buses what is that like six buses chartered and then we, we realized that no one was signing up for this then people are like a, a mystery road trip to who knows where no thanks and so we cut it down to like two buses and then la last minute we cut it down to one bus and i think i think 20 people ended up coming on this mystery road trip. So they get, it was a Friday night they, after our service, they get on the bus and they have no idea where they're going. And we ended up going to Lake McConaughey. Anybody ever been there? Which is not too far. It's in Nebraska. It's a beautiful lake. You get to camp right on the lake with all these other campers. And it was pretty cool. If we would have told people that, I think a lot more people would have came. But I don't think that they were just like a mystery road trip. I've never heard of such a thing. No thanks. I don't want to pay money to do that. Um, so anyways, we did this thing and it was kind of a disaster in lots of other different ways. Uh, it just wasn't, it was just tons of work and, and people were, were like, I think they were expecting like the ocean and then we went to Lake, I think it was just like expectations of like, oh, just a lake, but it was fun. Um, but that one of the nights, so this would be Saturday night, there was uh, this storm and they have a name for it. I think it's called like a microburst when a very quick moving storm comes over a lake, it picks up all this water and there's thunder and lightning. And we experienced probably 60 to 70 mile per hour winds on this huge campsite. And, and we were just this one group within this huge campsite. And it just, I mean, it came in and we're like, what is that? And it's like, we see this sand moving and this storm coming in, the ground shaking from thunder. And this wind just whips through the camp. RVs were pushed over. A couple boats sank because of the waves. Uh, my friend, uh, tents were just gone. Like I jumped on my tent and I was able to salvage my tent, but other people's tents were just gone. Like I had a friend named Nate Doney, his tent's gone. He still has not found his tent to this day. And like, it was just gone with all his stuff in it, just 
gone, up in the air and gone. I remember laying on my tent, watching, you know, those uh, trampolines in the water. One of them came up and out of the water and was getting blown around with the anchor still on it and like watching this anchor just like coming through the campsite. It was scary. And so everyone was panicked. And as, soon, as quick as it came in, as quick as it left. And so it was just like this 20 minute, maybe 15 minute storm. And then it was gone and everything was calm. The water was still going crazy, but everything was calm. And people were running around trying to find stuff. People are trying to push back up this RV that had fallen over. People are trying to like get this boat that had sunk out of the water. And it was just pandemonium. And like, what do we do? And like, people are saying, let's get on the bus and let's go home. Let's get out of here. This, this whole trip is dumb anyways. And, and one of the other leaders, his name's Evan Martin, who was one of the other pastors, just said, guys, let's gather around. And he said, let's gather around the campfire. But the campfire had like blown and like even the rocks were on the ground. And so it was like, let's gather where the campfire was and let's worship the Lord. And it was like, what? What? I, I guess. Yeah, let's do that. And so we gathered around this little group of, tw- of 20 people. And we gathered around and we held hands and, and some people prayed and we were quiet before the Lord and then someone started singing. We, we ended up singing probably five or six acapella songs, just different people started singing and we sang. And as people, other people on the campsite were in like total pandemonium, I mean, people, there was, I heard people screaming like somebody could have been hurt. And as this pandemonium was, was coming to a conclusion, people were joining us and like, yes, this is, Thank you guys for doing this, being the calm after the storm. And our direction was to the Lord and worshiping the Lord. And I just thought it's just a memory in my mind of it was probably just like a 15 minute thing that we did. But in my mind, whenever like things get really crazy like that, I think, what are we supposed to do? Like there's what's going on? Let's stop and let's worship the Lord because he is good and awesome, and he is worthy in all things, the good and the bad. Would you quiet your heart with me? Would you bow your head? And Lord, we are here to worship you. Our, our direction is fully towards you. Psalm 95 says, come, let us sing to the Lord, and let us shout for joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving, And sing joyful songs to the Lord, for the Lord is God, mighty God, great King over all the gods. And Lord, you hold in your hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. You made the sea, it belongs to you. Come then, let us bow down and worship, bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. So Lord, we do that this morning. We we, we focus our direction, our, our lives on you right now. And Lord, we thank you. And, and Lord, we, we take the plunge. Some of us in here maybe uh, for, for a, a new plunge into the waters of your Holy Spirit as we worship you. Maybe some of us for the first time or as a reminder of, of Lord, we want to, to take a plunge into worshiping you, for, to form our lives and our direction to you with song, with prayer, with quietness, with meditation, with loudness. Though we with our direction and our being, we focus it on you because you are Lord. You are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we thank you, Lord, because you've created us and you have been good to us. And Lord, we worship your name in the good and in the bad. Lord, you are in all things. and You are holy and awesome. We praise your name. Would you stand with me this morning? It's our tradition uh, 
supposed to, to say this prayer together in unison. And I pray, my hope is that you will never, uh, as we do things in a kind of a traditional way, sometimes there's, we lose why we're doing it. And I, I hope that that will never happen, that this prayer that we say will be a prayer that is from our hearts as we say it as a congregation in prayer and in preparation for communion. So would you join me in saying this prayer of confession? Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen.